It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. It feels like the first time. It feels like the very first time. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to uh, welcome to the first time show podcast where we're watching the leftovers uh, from HBO. Brett looks very cute with that hood. <laughs> that looks like a Muppet. Let's get into it. <laughs> you look like you have like a tiny head. Because <laughs> oh, your hair's so big at the top yeah. and you've covered every your beard. I thought it looked like I had an enormous head. Well, it like it's like a small and the then, face is small. Like I could take a screenshot and go, this is a production still from the live action version of MTV's The Head. <laughs> Do you remember that show? They finally let the Max Headroom directors back? Yeah. Oh, that's a real thing? The yeah, head? The Head. It was about oh. this guy who had like a giant fucking bald head, and it would open up, and there was an alien in it that would like be his... He was like his friend, but he was like mischievous, and they'd get in all sorts of trouble. It was like one of the first ever MTV cartoons. It was like before Beavis and Butthead. Oh no! I believe you that it exists. Yeah, it's called the head. We're gonna do that next <laughs> Look into season it. on the first time show. <laughs> hey Brett, did you hey. know that Oprah uses the same mic as you, but hers is black? Whoa! Ooh. Is it black or is it blue? Uh, it looked black. <laughs> there's a there's know. a better version of this that. God, is, maybe it's blue. black, Brett. Maybe it's blue. Who knows? Um. It's Oprah. She gets whatever she wants. Let's just let's just get our facts straight. <laughs> let's get our facts straight here. It's Oprah. She gets whatever she wants. All right. So, guys, welcome to the show. Today, we are talking about The Leftovers Season 1, Episodes 7 and 8? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Let me pull them up. Whew. I was just about not sure about it for a second. Um, so, last week on the video, I fucked up the name or the what? episode titles. So it says episodes three and four or something. I fucked up. What do you mean? In uh, the post? In the video. In the video is it version. Fixable? It's not fixable? No, it's not fixable, but it's in the video version and it doesn't really matter because we're talking about it a lot. And in the title, it has the correct episode number. Huh. I don't uh, know how people are going to get past that. <laughs> That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> Same. You might want to just pack it up. Same. Uh, but we're uh whatever who fuck all that shit so we're talking about episodes seven and eight the first episode seven hi uh that we watched we're watching two at a time keep up two to two next week is the season finale next week is the season finale this is exciting we're really building up to something but first we're starting that way we started <laughs> off with an episode called solace for tired feet yeah. That was the name of that episode. These were some pretty crazy episodes, so it's hard to kind of remember where we were in what? the first one. I took a couple you notes. Mean? You took some notes? Mm-hmm. Well, I, all I remember is, is after learning his father has escaped the, the psychiatric hospital, Kevin orders an APB to track him down, and then Jill attempts to break an endurance record. And hold up in Indiana, disillusioned <laughs> Tom makes an unsettling discovery. That's all I really remember. Tom's in Indiana? Yeah, it said it right surprise, when it showed him. It said surprise. it on the screen. <laughs> Let me just he say. would be in Indiana. 
What a little chump. According to my deductions. Let yes, me just bro? say <laughs> Go ahead. that this these were two great episodes. Yes. I am finding the irregularity of Tom and the hugs um, troubling in regards to when they pop up. I'm not that interested. I'm Magic so interested in the Kevin story that when they cut away to Tom in this episode, I was like, I don't I don't care what's going on with Tom, but I know <laughs> I should. I'm just being honest. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, I get that. Yeah, and the whole National Geographic storyline, I'm was way more interested in that. Yeah. And then now that there are multiple pregnant women with multiple keepers, it's diluting me thinking the hugger is um it, it is magical. What he says he is. However, I believe that he fixed Nora and that makes me happy. Magic fucking hugs. Agreed. These are my these are these are the uh, shallow Brett thoughts. Well, you know, there was that moment when the the guy who was obviously another version of him where he was talking to him in huh? the hotel room and he was oh, okay. like they were reminiscing about Holy Wayne and he's like, Have you been hugged, man? And he's like, Nah, <laughs> and he's like, Man, they fucking changed my life. He took all my pain away. And then he just does all the big fucking line of cocaine and it's like eh, Did it take your pain away? I don't sir? know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm getting all this like real Maybe bullshit. Maybe he did not vibes. do cocaine before the hug, but then after and now he that does, has freed him. Okay, Steve. Okay, <laughs> I'll give you that. Um, but it's um, a great fucking episode. What did you think about the refrigerator moment? And then finally going like, oh fuck, we're getting a Kevin Garvey Senior episode. I mean, when the fridge opened up and Kevin Garvey Sr. was there, I assumed that she had blacked out and gone into some sort of dream state. Right, right. Oh, really? Which, yeah. which it being lost, could st- we could still be in it. Right. <laughs> this could all just be her um, it's all still from the in the refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. yeah. These are her last um, moments of life, the whole rest of the season. But I am enjoying um, Nora and Kevin the amount that I think the show hopes I am enjoying. <laughs> Does that make sense? Does that mean a lot? A lot. Yeah. It's just like every scene with them is adorable and she's completely unflappable. And now it feels like I feel safe when she's on screen. Yeah. With him because he's starting to spin out of control. But she now, even though he's kind of our protagonist and the one I feel like we're trained to follow, um, she's become like the foundation for my relationship with the show. Yeah. She's the best. She's totally the best. Uh-huh. No joke about it. I won't even joke about it. <laughs> hey, quiet that dog. Uh, uh, what, what is this, The Leftovers? <laughs> oh, man. Does it remind this you? This is a really well-produced show. <laughs> I hope people appreciate what goes into it. Man. That's just the pale next door. to seem this effortless. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this episode had a lot of barking dogs. 
Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, arguably too many. <laughs> if I'm his neighbor, I've killed that dog <laughs> well, by I was the middle about of that. the episode. And not because I have anything against dogs. I love dogs, but it's just that's too many. It's too many barks. Well, I was thinking about that, too. But then I was like, what if they're just afraid to, like, bother the chief of police? A hundred percent. Yeah. But I'm not talking about me personally. I'm talking about me in this world living next door to him. Right. Or maybe I cut the dog loose, like uh, yeah, his like daughter ends up doing. Like, I'm at least Dude, screaming out of my window. What the fuck is going on with Kevin, you think? I think he's going crazy, maybe. I don't know, but yeah. I really want to know. This is, I'm when I was watching oh, this. I think he has a higher purpose. I'm hoping. Dear Lord, I'm hoping, because. I think the answer to his question, I think the answer to your question is the answer to the show. That's what I'm hoping, but I'm remembering that when I f- first time watching through this episode seven eight is about where I first started to be like, all right, you're gonna start giving me some answers, or I'm gonna stop watching so much. I made like a deal Ooh, with the what show. What did the show say after you said that? The show said, "Well, I, I, mean, I don't really know. Maybe David just said a bunch of gibberish shit." When you oh. said "knock knock" and the show said, "Who's there?" What did you say? I've got a knife. Give me some fucking answers. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Is this, is this where you admit that you murdered that you murdered this show? I murdered the love. I mean, something's going on with Kevin for sure. Like yeah. he's going to sleep and then doing shit while he's sleeping and then waking up and being like, dum de dum, I'm a cop. Dum de dum. Well, don't you I'm feel like we're just sleep. seeing what his dad probably went probably. through before yeah. finally breaking? And then second question, um, do you believe his dad? And then also, do you believe in magic? And do you believe in the power of a curse? And do you believe in love of Nora? And do you believe in me? Do you believe in the power of a curse? (laughs) So, because I would say I believe his dad, (laughs) that the voices that are talking to him are important. And me not too. him going crazy. At this point, I freaking believe his dad too. But Steve said something to me that I felt was very spoiler like. What? Steve? What are you talking about? Wow. What are wow. you even talking about? I'm not sure if I feel that I should reveal it here. I think your aggression oh is, uh, is getting the dog riled up. I think if that's true, Steve's email isn't going to get read. Wait, what are you saying? Steve said an opinion that oh, oh, because oh, he's oh. seen the whole show was very um, leading that that would be his opinion. But, but I got to be honest with you. Whatever I said to you, truthfully, I have no idea. I don't remember exactly. where it That's went. That's a leading statement, too. I don't remember. Let's not talk about it. I'm just saying I don't remember where most of the show goes. Okay, well, hopefully. Like, I remember big moments. Like, I remember Patty being tied up in the cabin. Uh-huh. Steve was making well, me jealous. So do we, Steve. Well, now you do, but I remembered <laughs> things like flex. that. But I didn't remember things like the comment I made. Well, Steve was making me so jealous as we were watching because he was watching this and he kept saying things like, wow, it's so cool to watch this. It means so many different things watching yeah. it after having seen the whole season. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, I want to be there. I have to mention to you guys that <laughs> truly while this show was going on, there was almost like an ARG kind of like in-game uh, alternate reality game going on that you could kind of participate in. Wait, what? 
Well, you know how I said HBO would like send me things? Okay. Well, when that episode came out with the National Geographic, they sent me that too. They sent me that mag that issue of National Geographic. This little Christmas Is it boy. a real National Geographic? Yeah, yeah it's that actual issue. And uh, oh, man. I read the whole so fucking thing. And there's no <laughs> clues or anything in it. It's oh, just, so you think. They literally gave it to me and... It's like really weird, interesting, cool shit that's like kind of semi-connected to the show. It doesn't matter for people watching the show, but for people participating in that aspect of it, we're really rewarded with some really cool inside shit. For example, in the second episode, it's called Cairo. Right. It's spelled like Cairo Not in Cairo. Egypt. Not Cairo, because they're in Cairo, New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it's Cairo. But that issue of National <laughs> Geographic has a whole thing about Cairo, like Egypt. Uh-huh. And it's like kind of a loose connection to the show and almost gives you an insight into maybe what Kevin's dad is up to and what Well, it sounds like you're even right now be. potentially giving us spoilers well, everything no, because everything I want to think about from there is spoily. No, because by the time this episode aired influencers and people who get sent shit like that were already sent the magazine yeah. and could literally be like, holy shit, there's a bunch of stuff in Cairo about Cairo in here. And even if you weren't sent that, let's say your grandpa has a National Geographic collection <laughs> and you're like, fuck, I'm going to grab that issue. You could totally just <laughs> do like two hours of reading and then go to a message board on the leftovers and go, I just read that issue and here's what I found. So I'm only giving you what you what I would have known by this point, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. with the National Geographic in mind. But it's interesting <laughs> that there's stuff and there's also stuff like about spiders in there. And what? and I wanna say maybe even a bridge, because you know how the girl keeps talking about yeah. how Holy Wayne is a bridge or something. But but the point I'm trying to make is is that there really was like a cool game going on where you could kind of just like get more insight into the show but it really wouldn't have affected people who weren't involved in that but i just thought it was really cool that you could read that whole national geographic and then like have some insight on on the show essentially if you wanted to put what i thought was cool was that when kevin called nora in episode two in caro caro the Island of Dr. Monroe. Um, <laughs> the, uh, Marilyn Monroe. There was a shot of her phone that tracked back. It was very slow, but very prominently displayed on that phone was AT&T. And this was years before AT&T's acquisition of Warner Brothers and by extension HBO. Coincidence? Whoa, Brett. I don't think so. That's something only you would know. <laughs> That's all I have for this episode. Guys. What are you, 29? I was thinking the same damn shit. So this is my dad's mug. It says 29 and holding. And when I turned 29, my mom took it and sent it to me. That's adorable. My dad was was real upset. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that's my mug. (laughs) I was like, well, now your son's 29. Is that fun? He's like, no, I want that mug back. Honestly, if I'm still holding that mug hostage. If I were your dad, I would feel exactly the same way. I'd be like, that motherfucker's going to break it. He doesn't know how much that means to me. He's 29 years old. He's off breaking dishes every day. I would say to this day, every time my dad pours a cup of coffee, he gets a little bit upset that I have his mug. Does he visit and do you give him coffee in it? I do. 
That's nice. A hundred percent. But I, he doesn't get to take it home with him. Does he talk about it? Oh, I remember this. And, oh, you tell little stories and shit. It's more of a grumbly like, oh, thanks. Nice mug. Oh, right, right. Okay. Like, it's a great right. mug. <laughs> anyway, so uh, <laughs> cool episodes, man. His so that's it. Let's cut to some clips. <laughs> let's get to some clips. <laughs> I mean, we totally could. You want to just go? We'll Let's remember shit as we read. Here's things. the thing. Let, this Let's ep- spend a little more time on emails and really yeah. dive into it. This last. Let's get Alana's notes and then move on. <laughs> My notes are really quick. These last two episodes, I just was feeling more and more the like, you better start giving me answers. And I did not dive too deep into much more than that. Like, interesting, but you better start answering shit. Uh! You not want. I, I, I just read something crazy. Oh, okay. Guys, the episode title. What was this episode called again? I don't know. Something for weary feet. Stomping on the ground Solace and break your toes. For tired feet. For tired feet. That is Tires the title of a photo caption on page 593 of that issue of National I Geographic. I knew there was something in there that you just missed. I didn't want to say it, but I was like, you missed it. How There's cool something is that? In there. How cool is that? Cool. Isn't it also the, like a like a Bible line or something? It's a famous wor- line, phrase. Isn't it from the Bible? I thought it was from the Bible. Uh, it's from National Geographic, which <laughs> some people, it's some people's Bible. Yeah, that's my Bible. Christine mutters a feverish reference to spiders underwater, referencing another article from the magazine. The spider that lives underwater. Yeah, baby. And guess who was born underwater? Baby girl. In Kevin's dream, his police radio mentions the upstate New York town of Cairo. Uh Uh-huh. Is that a Mason Ramsey t-shirt? Yes, it is. (laughs) Wow. Alana got it for me. It's a twang shirt. That's incredible. (laughs) Do you feel like you have twang when you put it on? Absolutely. I feel like I only have twang when I wear it. <laughs> um, and the magazine magazine has an article about the Egyptian city of Cairo. That's cool. See, cool. it's just a nerdy, cool show that was going on, and it's a very dramatic, great series. And you're like, "What the fuck is the guilty remnant up to?" And now we know what the guilty remnant is doing. Wait, where is that magazine? Do you still have it? Yeah, it's in storage. Oh, friend. Yeah, sorry. Why you want to read it? Yeah. I can find a digital version you can read on my iPad or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was a big um <laughs> it felt like too much information in this episode. In Cairo. That could be You think so? About the guilty remnant. Wait, wait, about everything. Cairo is we episode fa- it feels eight. like we, we know everything all of a sudden except for um Tom and the Hugger. Tom? Tom. Tom yeah, and the Hugger. Yeah, Tom. Is a question mark. But Guilty Remnant, it's like, yeah, that makes sense. The Guilty Remnant made me pissed. And then they killed their own to show <sighs> the difference between if someone gets murdered <sighs> out, poofed. The, the Guilty Remnant made me pissed because I think everything she said is really stupid and very, like, amateur. Like, that's something, like, an 11-year-old would think of as a reason. Well, I think that's interesting because it is, like, you know... Everybody talks about any great tragedy takes time and you eventually move on, you know, even in your own life, like losing a relative or losing a loved one over time, it starts to dilute and you distract yourself with other things. And they're basically saying they did not want to 
have that happen with this. This is such an important moment. They wanted to ensure it's it's very religion based. It's so it's stupid. Very like we want to make sure that we do this right so that in the time of judgment, we're not. They're you saying. Know, faced with yeah, bad judgments. But I don't think there's, there's a God, I don't think God factors into it at all. Well, they're just saying like it's more important to remember people who are gone, who are no longer a part of your life than it is to live. That is absolute bullshit. That's so well, stupid. But it's understandable from Let a Let this person of... die over and over and over again. Never forget the death aspect. Think about the death of it's, this. I find it it's understandable. It's all about the, the death but shit. But it's not death. It's bullshit. That's the thing. It's not or death. Or whatever, the loss. It's, Hold on to the yeah, painful it, part. It's a, so it's stupid. A, it's something that happened that was so crazy. And I think they're saying, like, this is important right. if we move on and right. don't respect and, it. And that's the part uh, I understand. Well, yeah. I think this is a personal thing, then. I think that's stupid as shit. Because that's the part I understand. I, I Like, not that I would be <laughs> in the guilty remnant, but I understand the idea that this thing I'm that not happened. A smoker, so. <laughs> this thing that happened where 2% of the world disappeared is important. It happened for a reason. Like, it's got to be something. Yeah, I can get behind that. And there are people that probably take that concept too far and then create something like the Guilty Remnant because truly it seems like they just want people to not forget that something so incredibly insane happened. We can't just move on. Even though the idea is is that you, it's healthier to just move on, um, but these people are, it's, it's not about the healthy people in this universe. It's about the people that are struggling through the idea of all these people disappearing at once. So well, I think about this. Yeah. With that in mind, Nora went to see Huggy, Hugger Joe. Yeah. Um, Huggy got bear. hugged and came back Imagine and moved on. Hugs. Wait, meaning. Came back and moved on is what he said. Meaning she was, while not part of Guilty Remnant, was not moving on from the fact that she'd lost her whole family. And after getting hugged, it feels like she has now moved on with her life and that she is putting other things in her life to distract her from the fact that she lost her family. Right, right. And the right. Guilty Remnant and is like against in direct that. defiance of the Guilty Remnant. Yeah, they're totally against that. It's very interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. I mean, I don't know. It is, again, just kind of like a study into the idea of human psychology after a, after an apocalypse. Yeah. And it's so I'm always interested in those kinds of stories, and this is just like a really well-written one um, that's just also very compelling and well-acted. David Lindelof wrote um, Solace for Weary Feet. Is that what it is? Yes. Retired Feet? Yes. He did not write... Caro, Cairo. Oh, oh Cairo. Yeah. You're right. It was written by Curtis Gwynn and Carlito Rodriguez. You can't write them all. You can't write them all. <laughs> can't write them all. True. Oh God, guys, I got some. Uh, I got some stuff to read here. If you're okay with it. I mean, we've already. It's not spoilers, right? Because no, seen it's the all about. It's more stuff okay, about the, just listening to you read. Yes, it's more stuff it. about the National Geographic. I want to know in more. The episode of Cairo. I need more info, baby. The eponymous town of Cairo, New York, is named after the Egyptian city of the same name. Then it's meant to be Cairo, you dinkles. Yeah, but in the show they called it Cairo. Cairo. What about the purple rose, Steve? FM. <laughs> Um, which was the subject of an article in the May 19, 1972 National Geographic. Cairo, troubled capital of the Arab world, 
The painting of two antelopes seen on the wall in the yeah, cabin told appears on pages 714 and 15 of the May 1972 National Geographic. I like getting this snapshot you. into your lives. I could not stop <laughs> well, shouting like, about that fucking, fucking painting? painting. I was like, this means something. They're That's not have so just a cave cool. painting in a fucking house cave that for no reason. That means that if I gave you the National Geographic to look I at, you would have noticed right sure. away and been like, look at this! <laughs> but isn't that cool? It's so cool that they did that. That means that Probably a third party was hired to create some sort of fun thing, tie along with the show. And that company, mm-hmm. whoever they are, which we'll never know because they're not allowed to really talk about that. Um, they did such a great job tying in weird shit like that. Cool. Called Josie. Josie. Yeah. Well, Josie, we know, was a part of a lot of that stuff, but not. Explain, please. Not, not part of the show. Josie. I know, I'm yeah. Well, anyway, we'll talk about it later. But here's the thing. More on this National Geographic, you guys. Uh, although, although, let's see. Uh, although it appears to be a Native American hide painting on the show, it was in reality a fresco excavated, a fresco excavated on the island of Thera, appearing in the article. Thera, key to the riddle of Minos. The article pertains to the mysterious disappearance of the first advanced civilization in Europe, the Crete based minoans that where the minotaur stuff is comes from whoa what you want to read that again no i can (laughs) did did you not get it no i just was reacting to your what no it's really cool because it's like i agree very cool there was apparently a a written about centuries ago civilization that just disappeared kind of like how there are quite a few of those in this show yeah um this could tie back into Lost. Oh, I this can't fucking wait. This is so cool. I love this. I now I'm feeling more satisfied by this episode, thankfully. I know. Please. Isn't it crazy? There's two episodes. By the way, as an aside, um, I've been watching this on my Fire Stick on the HBO app or whatever. Uh, IMDB TV just got the rights to Lost, and it's all that happens. When you turn on the Fire Stick, it's just everywhere. It's like Whoa! the big banner. It's like down there, and I'm just like, poof. <laughs> Still a little bit to be like, okay, I'm gonna navigate past Lost. What's IMDb <laughs> TV different show with content? What is IMDb I- TV is like uh, freemium. Oh god, they have ads, but uh, <sighs> yeah, tough, tough. Magic fucking hugs. Um. Okay, so here's there's more. Oh, can I wait? Want more. I'm getting really happy now. I know this shit's really cool. Finally, good, yeah. Um, the article's author, archaeologist Spyridon Spyridon Marinatos, was then conducting excavations to prove his theory that an eruption of the volcano on the Thera led to the demise of the culture. This is now the widely accepted explanation. Steve, we just watched Cosmos about this. Yeah. The show, that, what's what he was talking about was yeah. this. That's all, bye. The particular significance of the fresco was that the species depicted, Oryx basa, is now found only in East Africa, leading to speculation that Crete's sailors may have traveled further than previously thought. The arrangement of boots Kevin sees around the remains of the campfire is taken directly from a photo on page 595 of the magazine showing young hikers' footwear drying around a fire before hitting the trail again in Yellowstone National Park. Yeah! Cool! Cool as ever! 
Damn. Are we, do we need to take a trip? Dude, I didn't know any of that. Yeah, let's go to Yellowstone. <laughs> All right, let's go to Yellowstone. I love Yellowstone. Have you ever been? I've never been. Oh, shit. We got to do a big trip to Yellowstone. Okay. You What's there to do? I've well, Mason found, found out what scuba diving is and now <gasps> is very into scuba diving. Uh, well, then I you love scuba go to diving. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Let's get out of here. But we can go to Hawaii so we can finally do that lost stuff. Yeah, I'm for it. All right. Anyway. Let's go. I've got a credit oh. on Delta. Let's D- get out of here. Does everyone have the travel itch right now in quarantine? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, let's yes. see. Totally. Let's go there. Okay, great. <laughs> um, oh, the Pop-O-Matic. Um, huh? HBO sent me that, too. The, the, the Trouble game, game? The Trouble Game. The game that the gun With is like, in. No Did it have a gun in it? No, I was so sad. <laughs> I, I was like, come on, at least put like a fake gun in there. Fake gun. No, it was just the game, which I also still have in storage somewhere. I've never Probably some legal game. red tape to put a fake gun in a... Yeah. <laughs> in, a in a kid's Once game. That's my yeah. guess. In, the, in a game, yeah, for kids. Uh... Let's see. Matt's flyer about Sabrina, Gladys's partner at the beginning of Gladys, reveals that she was an artist and her mother's name is Betsy. Sabrina? Gladys's partner. The oh. Chilling Adventures of. <laughs> the TV Meg watches is reporting on an alleged mass resurrection in Somalia. When Allied tanks arrived on the outskirts of Dafid, the mass grave was empty. This is all in, in Car- Caro. Yeah. Did you yeah. notice that? that episode, on the TV yeah. screen? Yeah. One of the pages Lori... I assumed that was important. Yeah. So I paid attention. Good. You're really rewarded for paying attention on this show, and I mm-hmm. think the same about Watchmen, too. Love it. He likes to reward people for thinking and doing a little work. And I love a filmmaker who does that. Same. I like Absolutely. to be rewarded, and I like to think, and I like there to be a reason for me having thought amen amen one of the pages Lori flips past in the md binder which totally stands for memorial day right i'm not convinced the guilty remnant had a binder that said md on it that like talking i thought it meant like main or master database as if they don't have a real database they just do it all um in that binder like there's no computers huh and I immediately thought, man, if they lose that. <laughs> <laughs> they fucked. That's everything. Um, it says, That's what I thought. But yeah, it could be Memorial Day because Nora was in there and she lost yeah. family. It might be everyone who lost family. Um, and obviously they put the, the fake the fake bodies in the clothes there at the end. Put the bodies in the clothes. In the put, cl- the put the bodies in the clothes. Put the bodies in the clothes. R.I.P. That piece of information is not very interesting, so I'm skipping it. Per the profile of the MD binder, Nora's address is 1248 Harris Avenue, blah, blah, blah. The truck driver who drops off the delivery with Lori is the same guy who threw an icy at Gladys in Penguin 1 Us Zero. Oh. Huh. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, Was there trivia for the last one? These are fun. Seven and eight, yeah. Nora's house number is 377. However, the guilty remnant file lists her address as 2048 Harris Avenue. All right. Is it filmmaking or is it a trick? (laughs) 
Unlike Kevin Jr. and Tom's tattoos, which belong to the real-life actors, Kevin Sr.'s tattoo seen in this episode was added for the show as part of actor Scott Glenn's imagined backstory for the character. The tattoo says, Ni du ni maite, French for neither good nor master. God oh, nor master. Is that what, what did I say? Good. Oh, yeah, sorry. Neither, neither God nor master. Alluding to Kevin Sr. having served in the French Foreign Legion. According oh. to Glenn, Kevin Sr. had trouble fitting in upon returning from the Vietnam War and left his family for three years to fight in the Legion. Glenn says that this is what Kevin Jr. is referring to when he accuses Kevin Sr. of leaving. Whoa. Wow. Man, that is so much. Who, said, who just is never reporting known? this? Which is fine yeah. because even if you never knew that, you it, could just be works. like, well, yeah, he was a dad that left. Well, it's not, it's not super <laughs> rare that a dad leaves. What you are know. you reading from? Who has this information? This is on the Leftovers fandom wiki. At the end of this, when we do the interview with Lindelof, we should ask him. We should take a, like a list of all this and be like, what if this was planned and what if this are people reading into? Yeah, I can't wait. Don't forget. Okay. Uh, I this, won't. And then this is I'm also, writing it all down. It says, this episode seems to feature several parallels between the various Garvey's storylines. The dog trapped in a mailbox in Kevin's dream is reminiscent of Jill being trapped in the refrigerator and also calls to mind Tom tapping or taping money under a mailbox. Both Kevin and Tom suffer injuries to their left hands mm -hmm. and both also throw cell phones breaking them. Huh. I thought about that God too. God damn it. Damn. But I don't know what the dang shit is. Just when you means. think you're paying attention. Are <laughs> we to believe that Jill is joining the guilty remnant? Oh man. I hope not. I don't I actually don't remember, which is surprising me. No, they don't they don't say one way or the other. Well, so far. But she goes in and stands for a really long time. And she and doesn't like, say anything, which I is kind of, you know, no, on brand. Well, she comes in and says, Can I stay here? Can I like crash here or something? I have a big diarrhea, may I? <laughs> may I use your bed and toilet? <laughs> <laughs> what if he knocked on a stranger's door and said, Excuse me, madam or, or sir, may I use your bed and toilet? <laughs> <laughs> It depends if you did it in a city where people do not have spare beds or if you did it in like countryside where people probably have a spare bed. Yeah, that's how the Texas Chainsaw Massacre starts. Yes, exactly. Um, and then do we think Kevin had sex with her friend or you think man, she was I don't know. I, it really I don't could know, go either way. Listen, I do want to say something. Okay. That, that bite on Kevin's hand. Yes. That don't look like no dog bite. Yeah, that's true. That looks like a human bite. And Steve knows that because I bite him. Yeah, she does. We'll be right back. <laughs> Magic fucking hugs. I say fuck too. So, uh... I'm tired of Kevin being such a guy that he won't ask questions when he forgets what happened. That's all we can do, Alana. We're doing our best. <laughs> I mean, and Kevin seems to be truly like unwell, and and he comes from a uh, land down a, under, a broken a broken home where he probably didn't learn how to yeah. express himself. Yeah. But let me just tell you a little something about guys. We don't like to be too far from center. <laughs> <laughs> and we start to venture off into you know 
anything outside of normal. We try to get back to normal. Did you need to know this? No. This isn't mansplaining. This is like <laughs> I uh, mean, that's all right. You could say this all you guy want. guy talk. This is man. This is manscovering. This is manscovering. <laughs> manscovery. Mansploration. Mansploration. Yeah. <laughs> it's letting yeah, you in on the yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, listen. We don't like to dive into our emotions. We don't like to, like I said, we don't like to be too far from center. We Brett, don't like wearing Brett's diapers getting... when they're wet. We need them changed That's right correct. away. We gotta get fresh diapers. Brett is getting, uh, <laughs> Brett's getting dangerously close to revealing too much about the secret world of men. <laughs> Keep going, Brett. You know that you know that's Lindelof's next show. The secret tell everybody. Um, let's see. Book author and show co-creator and showrunner to Tom Parada has admitted <gasps> that he felt like an audience member when it comes to the National Geographic, <gasps> as he is unsure what Damon Lindelof. That's a nice way of saying he didn't like it. <laughs> that's not in my book. As he is unsure what Damon Lindelof intends as the function of the magazine. <laughs> He's like, eh, I don't like it. I don't like that. You know, well, fuck you, man. Tough, I like man. it. Guess what? We like it. You bitch. You write a book in a, in a you know, we like it if all it ends by up. yourself. We like it if <laughs> it ends no up meaning opinions. something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get into some clips, shall we? Does that sound fun, Brett? I love, I'm so excited for the clips. Really? I know. Me too. All let's right. go. Steve and I didn't pull <laughs> any. Oh, I forgot how good this song is. Clips? Yes. Clips. Clips. Clips, clips. So, I mean, are you going to choke me or what? Oh, shit. We got a player here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's my favorite clip, I think. Ah, shit. casino table <laughs> oh shit we got a player here <laughs> you're about to be dead <laughs> oh. all right so i put your clips at the end okay we had like two so that's i, I felt <laughs> like you were getting confused in previous weeks i tried to just okay that's great do you want to do you want me to just go through them or you want to introduce them what what is the name of them? And this I'll tell first you one is called Darkness. No, just go for it. Okay, here we go. Oh, he returns unto us, unmolested by the great darkness. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's a really good clip. Alana That's and when I got the nothing. Men came out of. What's that? We were really invested in what the fuck is going on, and we kept just thinking like, oh shit, we haven't picked any clips. Oh well, keep playing it. Who knows? So we, we really didn't I mean, any. it happened on the Lost show sometimes. It's fine. Yeah, it especially happens. in the last season. We had a hard yeah. time finding clips. Yeah. Well, because we were like too invested. Maybe. Yeah, you I get really know. focused. Yeah. Um, this next clip is called Suffocate. When he suffocates, do you suffocate? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great clip. Same scene. When he suffocates, do you suffocate? That's very funny. That's a great line. Hey, honey. About to go have sex with Nora for the first time. A little nervous. Wish me luck. And a winky face. 
send. <laughs> I love that because I'm like that was that I feel like that would work. Yes, that's, that's the same what thing I said. That's what Steve said. It would make everybody comfortable and Dude. be like, okay, we're talking about the same thing. Uh, and I d- could disagree one thousand no, percent. I, but, okay, I think okay, you okay, two okay. are psycho Listen, for thinking. Okay. Let's get back into the man geography. <laughs> yeah, why don't you guys argue your case and then I'll give you my Let's rebuttal? Take a voyage of man's geography. Threw that out in the car. We would feel like, man, we really nailed this. Yes. And oh clearly no. We didn't, but, so but can he, you please but, enlighten us? Yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 Not. Wait. Here's the. Here's what. Here's the way to do that because I agree. I I totally agree with Brett. But, 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 but I think that you <laughs> like the thing with Kevin is, is that he needs to become that dad. No way. But he can't just flip the switch. That's from, not like, a dad to be. He can't just flip the switch from militant fucking like I'm going to question you like a cop dad to like, I'm cool. And I'm telling you, I'm banging this new girl. No, but here's the thing. I'll oh, no, wanna... no, wait. I feel differently about this. Whole really? Thing. I, I don't want to grow because I'm not talking I don't think that he thinks that she, I don't think that he is trying to infer he's really texting that to his daughter. Oh, I he, think he's playing into the fact that Nora was like, fuck your daughter. And it's like kind of like, you know, well, he's playing. In that with regard. Her. He's, so he's kind playful. of being like, hey, I'm there. I, I, I want to go oh, there with you. We're talking about completely different things then. Wait, I don't think that he's trying to infer like I'm really texting this to my daughter. Yeah, I, I don't he's just open with her well, and kind but, of being like, I'm uncomfortable, but I want to be there with you. But OK, I'm so, with Brett. OK, but. Yes. Yeah, I'm yes. with Brett. But my thought, my thought in that moment was, man, he should become the type of dad that is able to text something like that to his daughter in a jokey way, rather than being the like militant fucking closed up dad. And I think that there's a place in between that that he needs to work himself up to. And that if he was that kind of dad to his daughter, she would love him. I don't she would think absolutely so. Yeah, love but he can't be no. because. He's, it's too close to divorce, right? Like, yeah, you can, exactly with the mother. But he's also not that kind of guy. No, no, no. You he's don't not do that. That kind of person. you just. It doesn't matter what kind of person he is. You don't text something like that to your daughter. That's not a good thing to do. I mean, look, I don't. Shall I, I, can I argue my case? You, <laughs> Brett, are your parents divorced? No. Yes, and Steve, are your parents divorced? No. No. So you guys don't fucking know. You do not do that. Not if it's near the divorce. Not if it's right. been ages from the My mom got divorced from my dad when I was like a year but, and a half old. I don't remember it. I don't remember them together. It has never bothered me. I love that they're separate beings in my life. No, let me finish. However, if my mom were to text me that she was going to go sleep with some guy, even without me having the feeling of like, but you're not with my dad. I don't have that feeling. I, it is disgusting. There is an animal instinct inside of you that makes you want to just like murder that person and throw up and be grossed out and all that shit at the same time. Trust me. But it's saying, not an okay thing to do, period. But, it's okay between friends or like what you mentioned. If you're like a 35-year-old kid and your parents have the type of relationship where they can jokingly say that to you and you can kind of respect that distance, like kind of okay, maybe, but... Otherwise, no. I just think that, like, obviously, definitely not right after a divorce, for sure. But if you're if you're like years into a better relationship with your no daughter, way. where you're open about your feelings and what you're up to and stuff, well, then that's you... the thing. Is like he needs a better relationship yes. with his daughter yes. first. That's yes. true. That's, that's what true. I'm I also, I also, I'm, I gotta like, I gotta be there with Alana. And be like, I don't think that would ever be appropriate to. To, to it's always fucked up. I just up. think here's my way of thinking. I just think that 
if you've got a father and daughter who are like, your dad's a hot cop and your daughter's friends are all fucking whatever. Especially be, the reason not to do that. No, I'm saying that like there's a world where like you need to be a cooler dad in that scenario. Otherwise, your daughter's just going to fucking hate you. And you're gonna we're talking about two different things. If you're saying he should be a better dad or they should have a closer relationship, that is one thing I'm to saying, say. I'm okay, saying yeah. That but that he should text her, I'm going to go no, fuck no, no, some no, lady. Listen, listen, no. Listen. I'm saying there's a scenario where he's a better dad, has a better relationship with his daughter. And then could and, text her that. And maybe like four years no down way. the road when he's been dating people and he's really close no with way. his daughter, he could be like, I think I'm going to take this girl home, wink, and be a cute dad no way. and have an open relationship. Let's with- have a sound off on social media to everyone <laughs> listening to this and if your parents aren't divorced i'm sorry your vote only counts 50 percent <laughs> oh that's a good metric because it you something you sometimes you just gotta feel there's a feeling reaction inside I of your like body idea. before we incite twitter on this my <laughs> point was just i think that he did the right thing in this scenario to um, diffuse the situation between him and Nora as to what was happening. 100% yes. agree. I loved it. It was a great moment. Okay. Yes. The idea of I'm him gl- doing it for real, though, no. Yes, I'm glad that he's not fucking things up. And that they're like, that you can see the relationship developing. They're comfortable with each other. They're playful. He's able to be his true self. He starts to admit his feeling crazy to her like it's great that their relationships going there it's, Fantastic. it's good that they're showing this that it's actually working out because it seems like nothing else really is and if you just were following this character that you you're starting to really like and you only ever saw him screw shit up then this would be a miserable <laughs> fucking show yeah. but the fact that now he has like something to look forward to and someone to come to and talk to and but like it's also a vehicle for that because up right. until now we haven't we haven't been able to have him tell us what he's actually thinking. We've only seen how his brain is kind of tricking him all the time and we don't know if it's for a reason or not or real or not real. We don't have him talking about it. Like we don't know if he realizes that if he what he thinks about that until now we have Nora, he'll be able to start telling us. Right. All right. Well, I guess we have more clips. Next clip. <laughs> Well, I can't remember what the last one was. Was it this? Hey, honey. Yeah, yeah that was it. Okay, here's the next one. That was fucking fantastic. <laughs> what was that? I just feel like that's what we should have one on hand. Oh, good. That's when yeah. she that sprayed the uh, oh, GR. Oh. The fire <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that was right. great. That was fucking That was fantastic. fucking fantastic. All right, I next clip. It. You like Rice Krispie Treats? Suit yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You like Rice Krispie treats? Suit yourself. <laughs> That's great. And then the fucking Winklevoss, buff Winklevoss eating the rice rice crispy. Oh yeah, he pulled one from the fridge. Yeah, yeah, he ate it from. Oh, the fridge. that's what he ate. Yeah. Everybody poofed. Poofed. <laughs> poofed. Poofed. You don't fucking know me, you motherfucker! You don't fucking know me! Fuck you! Fuck you, you fuck! You fucking fuck! You! I, this one I said we should pull to. I was like, is it too somber? I edited that slightly. I just want to be, be 100%. There's a part in the middle where he says her name, and I didn't like it as much, so I went in there and... Just made it so it's you Made fuck. it just that. Yeah, good, good, good. Okay. That's a fun be, I don't want to be called out on on the social medias <laughs> for All false right. news. All right, here's the next one. Gosh, you're so friendly now. 
tell me, am I still a fat, heartless cunt? <laughs> Holy shit. Great clip. That's such an intense scene. Yeah. Jesus. All of that. Yeah. Bulletproof vest. <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> what the fuck Can is I be that? reminded? <laughs> what the fuck is that? Oh, oh, when he finds the bulletproof vest. I love the way he goes. Jackpot. Jackpot. <laughs> Bulletproof vest. <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> Dude, I need that clip isolated, please. Jackpot. Okay, I'm on it. All right, next clip. Now get me a fucking cigarette. <laughs> That's a, that yeah, was likely. I yeah. wanted that too. Yeah. Oh, that was ours. Or it was ours, yeah. Boy, are you fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Because of what you did with your dirty dick. <laughs> wow. Jackpot. Jackpot. Bulletproof vest. Jackpot. Dude, it's really creepy. Jackpot. It's like what some woman would say right before they stab you a little bit. Right. <laughs> right. Those guys are the secret creepers. All right. Well, that's it for clips. So let's just jump right into emails. How about that? Emails. And you know, we don't have an emails theme yet, but maybe we'll get it this time. So instead, I'll just play this for a second. Oops, it's gone. That one's two. Oh, these are all gone. <laughs> he deleted them. <laughs> they're all just not Fuck there. these clips. Oh, yeah, they're did all we gone. Get, did last episode get flagged? We'll do this one. <laughs> oh, no, it didn't. It didn't, actually. Ooh. Yeah. So little tiny baby tweakles work. Yeah, this one. <laughs> what the fuck, Jim? There we go. That's the clips. Oh, that's the emails theme. So it shall be. Into it. All right, this first email comes from Per Martin <gasps> Margitalkin. Oh, it's, holy shit, that A nude me. child. I was like, where, where, whose house is that in? <laughs> I thought it was in our house too at first. He just came and said some things that didn't make any sense and left. Oh, was he sleepwalking? I don't know. Is he killing dogs? What, me and Jamie are still together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... So he, he can't be, yeah. He okay. can't weigh in on this at all. Um, per Morton, Max says, Hi, Alana, Brett, and Steve. Hope you are doing well and that this email isn't too long. I really appreciate the discussion you had last week on the value of engaging with art that makes you feel certain ways and wanted to say a few words on that. Is it I... bad that I don't remember last week? <laughs> I think both Steve and Alana made meaningful points while Brett's chlorine eyes were killing him. <laughs> Personally, I love art, be it movies, shows. New regulations in the pool, by the way. <laughs> there we go. That's good. Uh, be it movies, shows, music, books, paintings, installations, etc. That makes me sad because it can validate those feelings that you otherwise struggle to articulate or recognize. I find that The Leftovers, which I have seen 14 plus times, well, is he joke? isn't as much depressing to me as it is painfully cathartic. For me, Ooh. the devastation of the undefinable loss these characters deal with is a release of these emotions. They are dealing with a loss unlike that of death or disappearance because they have no answers in sight. They can't come to terms with their loss because they don't really know what their loss is. I, of course, understand and sympathize with the fact that this is not how everyone engages with art or entertainment. I don't think there's anything wrong with only consuming media as entertainment. But I would also say that as sad and devastating as this show can be, I don't think it's inherently depressing. 
It is so much more than that. It is life-affirming. It recognizes the importance of connection and familial bonds, blood or otherwise. And most importantly, it understands that it's okay to cry and just be swept away by your emotions, whatever they be. Hope this isn't constructed as, or sorry, construed as me saying you are wrong for calling the show depressing. I just wanted to put forth how I perceive it. Much love, Per Morton Miljorkian, aka Castle Rock's replacement Dan. I could come back if real Dan doesn't show soon. <laughs> I love it. I love that opinion. I love it. And for the record, I completely agree. There's catharsis. I can't for remember sure. the point. That was made last week, but I agree with that. Well, we were just talking about how <laughs> depressing it is and how it's like hard to watch a show like this when things are depressing and, and things have gotten yeah. even more depressing since the last episode. Yeah. And it's hard to watch some of the violent things happening in the show while violent things are happening in the world. Yeah. And so those that imagery, although it is incite incites a feeling of depression in some people. And, you know, and to me, it's well, more of like an empathetic thing. The it's conversation like, is how does it make you feel? Because everyone right. has such a different life experience. If it makes you just feel depressed, that's the conversation I was arguing from the point I was arguing. And if but if it doesn't, if it allows you to feel catharsis, like the purpose of art, then fantastic. That's great. Yeah, I guess I'm just speaking in a general sense when I say the show is depressing because it deals with depressing themes. Yeah, for absolutely. Certain. But for me personally, I get a lot of artistic enjoyment out of the show first and foremost the fact that it's a beautifully written character piece it's a it's a psychological study into the into the potential for human activity after an armageddon after a big catastrophe and that's really fascinating to me and that i get a lot of things like that more so out of it than feelings of depression or whatever because also i've learned in my age and in my ingestion of uh, different media types that um depressing movies don't necessarily need to make me depressed and therefore act on that depression but sometimes they do and but I sometimes think we need they to do. acknowledge that yes. that's not you're, nobody's neutral to that which that is affects what, yeah. everyone which is what i was acknowledging and by saying it is a depressing show in general it's internalized right. how you internalize right. yeah well we're art. talking about two different things here as well we're t you're talking about art and you know everything to do with art and i was just talking about my original point is that we don't acknowledge as much I think especially in the 21st century, because media is so much more a part of our lives, like constantly media is around us at this, in this century, we don't acknowledge so much why it might be healthy for us to pick and choose the things we're watching based on knowing where we're at mentally at that right. point. That like you can't, you can't, um, you can't just be watching depressing stuff and feel perfectly happy. 99% sure, sure. of the population couldn't do that because it's human to, uh, react to the things you're watching i totally agree with that but in for the sake of art and if you can find catharsis with something that's absolutely fantastic and this is a really artful series like obviously if it was just depressing i would have been like i'm not gonna watch it <laughs> i mean it's like it's basically sci-fi right it's it's sci-fi yeah, like a lot of people view media as escapism yeah, yeah. And, and to that degree it's like this would be hard it, if you escape into leftovers it could be construed as depressing because the world you're escaping into is tough as opposed to like to me lost is i don't want to say aspirational because i don't want to fucking crash in a plane but more magical it's tropical <laughs> it's got all the elements of vacation it's got right, a lot of right. things mm -hmm. that 
me personally, I respond very positively to, which is kind of like uh, outdoors, beach, water, you know, and this is like landlocked a little bit. So it, it's also color corrected in a way that makes it a little more sterile. Right. And I think there's so many ingredients that go into it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's all, I think it's all internalized. Like, how do you escape? Exactly. Do you use media for escape? I think people escape into the news. You know, totally. it's like, is news art? Question mark. And I would Let's say like, comments down below. <laughs> well, and I would say too, like if you're prone to feeling, uh, more affected than, than, um, you know, or if you're prone to feeling affected that, by stuff like this and it causes you to fall into a depression, then I highly recommend not watching stuff like this. And Well, yeah, obviously. You know, and, and I think that's the point. The point yeah. is is that like the show it overall has deals with hard, depressing, often difficult themes. And, you know, and just like you guys were saying, it's about how we all perceive that and how we all want, interpret those emotions um and just be just you know be safe because right now shit sucks and if this show is like really hard to watch then don't watch it you know but if you're enjoying it don't be ashamed for enjoying something that seems to be based around more of like a depressing idea because there's so much more to it than that and for some people like our friend who just emailed us it's um a catharsis sure uh, I it is funny because watching this show this would be like the Leftovers is the only show that I feel like I'm watching right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm reading a lot more because I have the time and all of my reading I'm finding is, is skewing towards like super light kind of fun, funny beachy type environments um, because that's where I can't be. So it's, I think it's balance. Yeah. Yeah. To that end. Yeah. Yeah. That's but I also would describe this show as depressing. I think it's engaging and like mysterious and uh, causes you to question a lot of your own beliefs in like a really fun and interesting way that yeah. I think we should be doing. But I wouldn't describe it as depressing. I think the difference with Lost, what you were saying, I think Lost is more exciting. You know what's depressing is in the bedroom. <laughs> Guys, can is that we, can content? We, what is that? You know, we haven't been talking about the bedroom very much, and that's, a, that's depressing. Brett right? brought up this show in the bedroom on the on while we were doing lost quite a few times oh sorry alana i didn't mean that. <laughs> i've never heard of i think lost uh is more exciting and magical than this show yeah sure sure i don't disagree Plus with that at the beach and you get the beach and it was Imagine made leftovers at the beach <laughs> <laughs> like a little bit of each show to just talk about but if it was at the beach but there was, if it was at Cocoa beach or daytona but there's still so much more magic than just beach in in yeah Lost. plus Lost it has was... so much magic plus... and like exciting like you know it's like being it's like being your own adventure person like if you were on a desert island how'd you do this okay, stuff like yeah, those things are like that's... exciting how much fun is that if yeah you, if yeah you the, like horrible pieces of lost Everything else about Lost is fun. If you push aside the horrible pieces of leftovers, <laughs> it's like well, you live like... in a small town. And it's, <laughs> right. It's well, it plus, what it well, Lost was made for a primetime <laughs> family audience. So it was like, of course, they weren't going to really like deal with super hardcore themes, even though there are some pretty shocking and emotional moments. But I moments think everyone at some point has has thought, based on based on content, on 
movies, TV shows, everyone has at least given at least one moment of thought to, well, what would I do on a desert? Yeah. If I was yeah. deserted on an island, yeah. what would I do to survive? What would be my limits? What would be like, you know, what would be exciting? What would be tough? Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Right. Especially when like anybody who has a, has a, like a nine to five, like Joe like and the you volcano. Take your nine to five and balance it against like I'm trapped on an island, but right. I don't have like responsibility other than survival. There's aspiration there. Can we not? Yeah. Can we quickly not overlook that Alana made a Joe versus the volcano reference? When I I need to. Can we rewatch it? I think that is leftovers and lost. Joe All right, we got we got <laughs> seventeen emails. We we, we are plenty of time. We're early. <laughs> That's true. We are early. Um, no, go or, for it. Or this, this podcast is actually a normal runtime. We'll see. It could be. It could yeah. be. I mean, this conversation about art and whether things are content is depressing or not could go on for fourteen. Totally, years. it totally could. Uh, Maggie Faff sends an email saying, "Holy Wayne, Batman!" <laughs> Magic fucking hugs. Hello, Alana, Brett, and Steve. My name is Maggie from Pittsburgh. And here are some of the thoughts. Hi, Maggie. Hi, Maggie. Here are some of the thoughts I had during this episode. I apologize if it's long. Oh, Gladys. She did Gladys and Guest. Should we even read these? Is that the next episode? That was the ones before that we did last week. Oh, no. We got a lot of older emails. Yeah, read it. Why not? Okay. She says, the guilty remnant ladies acted out a be nice or not be nice with the guy at the grocery store at the beginning. That's a dynamic Well, now what's weird is we know what happened to Gladys. Yeah. Right. Looking back on this, it's like, well, fuck you guys. <laughs> right, exactly. It's yeah. I, like the fact that she spoke now, knowing what we know about the diner scene and knowing that they killed her. It's like, oh, I fuck you guys. Yeah, There's fuck no you guys. redemption. There's no redemption yeah. for the guilty group. Right. Now. You're all just like pieces of shit. I don't feel like I ever say it right. What is it? The guilty remnant. Remnant. Yeah. 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 I think and- I've been saying guilty revenant. At, at point, so I apologize to anyone. The who's island of Doctor Monroe. The island Doctor Monroe. I'm standing behind Star Trek. I'm standing behind. But that's interesting that, to bring up the other episode because she talked about how committed Gladys was that she wouldn't speak, and how Laurie is also that committed, and how Laurie's next to be killed, pretty much. Yeah, and, and yeah, that, that's why Gladys they're gonna said, "Please kill. stop," knowing who was stoning her. <gasps> right. Oh, and she said, "Please stop." Because she realized that it was she like talking to Dinah, but at that point, she was like, "Please stop." Yeah, she doesn't like, want to. You know. Oh God. Yeah, she didn't want to die. And then there was that long pause, and then they chose to keep going. Yeah. Fuck <gasps> them. But uh, I'm out on the guilty revenant. Totally. Rem. Rem. Revenant. Rembrandt. <laughs> the gr- guilty Rembrandt. The gremlin the Rembrandt. Um, all right, whatever. I'm going to skip this one, but I'm going to say, I'm going to read the end of it. She says, these are my notes. Thank you all for providing this really awesome distraction. I've never seen the show, but so far my boyfriend and I are absolutely loving it. Looking forward to continuing the journey with you all, Maggie. Yay! Um, Israel Chavez Lopez sends an email saying, the leftovers, woo! Hello, beautiful BB boys and gorgeous summer girl. I'm spring break. (laughs) I'm Israel from Ecuador, a huge fan since the source fed days and lover of the leftovers. I'll try to make this email as short as I can. Well, thank you, Israel, for watching all that stuff. It is very impressive how this show predicted the ways society copes with a global tragedy and the parallelism it had with our current situation. Things like 
other rise of specific religious factions, Guilty Remnant in the show versus Kenneth Copeland, IRL. What? The constant debate between a scientific and religious explanation, the new industries profiting from the tragedies, the conspiracy theories surrounding the whole thing. The World Health Organization did it, both the show and IRL. I found I found a lot more things, but I don't want to make this email too damn long. Thank you guys and gal so much for doing this. It feels amazing to have something to look forward to every week. Please stay safe, wash your hands, and wear a dang mask. Sincerely, Israel. Yay. Um. Yeah. Do all man. those things. What's that? I said do all those things. Yes, definitely do all those things he said at the end. Uh, for sure. A lot of parallels between the show and the way people are handling the pandemic and things like that. It's interesting. I mean, I'm sure there are patterns in human behavior when there are pandemics and things like that. And, you know, things like civil war and, 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 uh, things like that, not to, you know, put too heavy of a, of a cadence on the incidents occurring right now. At but... what point does first time show become depressing art? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that what the leftovers is doing is, you know, like I've said before in this podcast, I was raised religious, still feel like I have a certain amount of religious affiliation in my head. But I think that all religion, um, I I grew up this way. I've always been concerned that religion um, is more focused on protecting what happens next than enjoying what is happening now. And I think that that has always been, I think, backwards. And I think with the GR, that's very much like they're trying to protect whatever, whatever happened, they think means something they don't want to forget about. They want to protect themselves from what's going to happen next. And, and they basically forfeit their ability to appreciate what's happening now. Um, I think that's an incredible observation, but I also think Alana froze. Alana's... Oh yeah, she definitely did. So, I saw her hand come in, and then this face has been frozen. Yeah, maybe it hit the camera button there. Well, all of you are frozen on mine. Uh oh, really? My whole thing is. Oh, my whole computer's frozen. No oh. buttons met. Oh, I still hear you. Well, I would just Let's... keep going with sound then. Look at my beautiful <laughs> yeah. frozen body. You. Have you seen us? She says we we're frozen also. In my computer, literally the mouse won't even work. Everything's dang. Well, why don't Listen, you go I, ahead and try... I don't think people are here to look at me and Steve. Do <laughs> you want to try to restart it or do you want to just leave it? Uh, let me think about what's open. Yeah, I could restart it. Okay. You want to scooch into Steve's frame? <laughs> scooch in pack? That'll ruin the format of the video. Fair enough. Okay, continue. We continue. But yeah, that's always been that's sort of why I don't why I don't personally partake in organized religion. Right. I, I uh oh, Alana's gone. Alana. Oh, she's still here. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Well, let's see. Next email is from AF saying not following the format. He says Uh-oh. just no started watching episode two on YouTube. I know I'm behind. I'm kind of I kind of explained below. And you mentioned you wanted to hear from people not watching the show along with you. I'm one of those people. I also did not watch along with you during Lost or the movie episodes, but I did follow the format during The Watchmen. Huh. Well, that's the one. That's a 
a simple, quick, easy, and delightful There's show. There's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. I watched this show on HBO Max. Can we get a sponsorship? <laughs> Wait, you can watch this on HBO Max? Can we get an amen? Yeah, yeah that's you when can. we were watching it. Well, I thought, because technically it was HBO Now or whatever. It has changed to HBO Max. Chill, bro. HBO Max is, by the way, I think a forerunner. I think it might be one of my favorite. It might be my favorite streaming service. Let's see. Why? This guy. Uh, sa- oh, I don't feel like it came with enough. Really? Oh, I thought it like, just. Like I'm there for it, but I thought I own 75 different copies of Friends. I mean, what <laughs> changed though? We I are, thought it they just, were really it smart. It's just like your HBO app became HBO Max, and it has a few thing, few new things. It has in more it. than a few. Like, but what's the big deal? Like, I, I'm, I'm talking about from Brett's perspective because Brett's saying it didn't have enough or whatever. But it really, it's almost just like your yeah. HBO app got a few extra things. It's like not... I still have cable. We oh. got HBO Max for free because we had HBO on cable. Oh. Yeah, that's me with my mom's. <laughs> so I'm a little bit like, but that being said, please sponsor us and we'll promote, <laughs> promote it. We've um, only been saying so these uh, things. I was excited about Search Party. And? That was it. That was it. Have you I was been watching excited. it? I haven't watched it yet, but I'm excited that it's oh, okay. there. That the third season is finally going to happen. Um, let's see. This guy says, a couple years ago I started watching Leftovers but stopped midway through season two. Health issues with my now four-year-old son got majorly in the way. And besides Ooh, that, I, I really okay. lost interest in the show. Fast forward to now. Currently my wife, a nurse, is on the East Coast working as a frontline responder during the pandemic. And I, a small business owner in Texas, have been here at home the past two months taking care of my two children without her. With that being said, Jamie's cousin is a is a in the medical industry in New Jersey, and it's rough. Oh man! Thank you. Yeah. Um. This he says. With that being said, I don't have the time, or honestly, even the desire to watch along. So I'll just enjoy the ride from here on out as an innocent bystander. I love that. All right. This episode will be particularly wonderful. Yes, exactly. Um, Thanks for all you do. Hashtag Brett, yes. Hashtag Alana, yes. Hashtag Steve, of course. Hashtag still haven't forgiven y'all for that April Fool's joke. Hashtag they brought Charlie back, but he hasn't said anything since he came back. (laughs) Hashtag good morning. Much love from Texas, Alex F. Can we be clear that I haven't given up on going back to Lost yet? Oh, neither it's not have I. Fool's joke until it is. Just for everyone's clearness, I think it's Steve, right? I want, I want to watch it. What Lost? Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Brad, you really want to fucking rewatch <laughs> Lost again already? So bad. Really? Yeah, because I've forgotten so much. My Ugh. brother-in-law's rewatching through it. Like I told you, he's watching through it and he's telling me stuff, and I'm like, oh yeah, goddamn, that's a good show. I mean, are we gonna do good it show. exactly like this? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have something after leftovers, and then we got to figure out something. And if it's not Twin Peaks, it should just be lost. Oh, Twin Peaks! We got to do three episodes for an episode if it's Twin Peaks. Have Twin you seen Peaks, it? Yeah, I've seen everything except I think there are like two or three movies. I haven't seen all the movies. I think I saw. Did you watch the Showtime show? Because I didn't. Uh, isn't that just the show? I've seen the show, the entire show. Two seasons that aired on. CBS. And then they swapped. Then there's Fire Walk with me. Then there's the uh, Showtime show. Uh, I need to look at... I'm too visual. I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I believe I saw all the show episodes that exist of it. I didn't watch it on TV. I watched it all on All right. Save collection. it for your damn 
uh, but it just gets a little slow sometimes email season it never gets slow Lana. i don't ever want to hear you say a negative word I, about Twin i don't peaks again. i'm not negative on it i just guys talk about aspirational uh, there'd be more to talk about if we did three eps in a seps all right max sends another email saying <laughs> i don't understand and an emails theme guys <gasps> finally Hey, Alana, Brett. Thank you, Max. Is hey, this the same guy who did the clips theme? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Hey, Alana, Bert, and Steve. Let me start Bert? off this email by saying I'm really glad that you enjoyed the, the clips theme. <laughs> and thank you for the clean cuts of y'all saying emails. Oh, yeah, because he asked us all to say emails. <gasps> now on to the episodes. First, episode seven. Chief KG was smooth with that fake text in the car and Nora blasting Liv Tyler with the hose was pretty funny. Also, you know what gets me really horny? Sending my dad to a mental hospital. <laughs> what was up with that Joe Biden mouth kiss Kevin Garvey Sr.? Oh, Yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love when people get upset about dads kissing their sons. I don't kiss my son on the lips, but some people do. Get over it. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Regional. Totally it's get okay. over it. Agreed. Welcome back, Alana. Hi. Alana. Alana's back in the video, guys. She made it back into the video safe and sound. God, I was so worried. Um, episode eight, he says, what is happening right now? I had to check to see if I was watching the right episode. This episode really felt like we skipped half a season ahead. Liv Tyler's character is going pretty, getting pretty annoying. But I love... <laughs> oh, dude, what? I love Liv Tyler's character. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah, she's I love great. that she talks again because I feel like that's exactly what would fucking happen. Right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're like, I'm in, I commit to it. And then a few weeks later, you're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah, because she's still the casual cult joiner that we're she's all... The newest, she's the casual. She's the newest member. Yeah. She's <laughs> testing it out. She's the one that tried hot yoga for a couple weeks, tried yeah. like... Krav Maga. What's the thing called? The, the people? Krav Maga. Yeah, she tried that. She tried... Well, she has a very specific archetype, was which is like it does feel like she's the character who's trying to solve her problems. Yes. By putting like something new in her life, and the GR is that new thing. But it does it. I love the way they've like they're stringing along her character in a way that I feel like at any moment she could leave. Right. Yeah. She doesn't feel committed, and that's really like. It's. I think that's really interesting for a character. Yeah, because that could be a whole show. The person that doesn't seem committed to joining the new the new cult or whatever. Yeah, you know, like that. That's an interesting. Sorry, but thank you for making us themes. I really appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that she's expressing her shit. Um, it says, but I love the twins in this one. Do you think Amy was fucking Jill's dad? Probably. Dude yeah. is dude is ripped. That ending there is, scene. There's no wow. way in this show that that it can come out that she actually fucked him, and then we can move on with the show. <laughs> like it will, it will actually break the show. I think for me, if you don't find out, no, no. no if we if find we out that find he out. was like, I was like, oh yeah, he went into his like weird state, and then he had sex with his daughter's friend. It's like, yeah, I'm out on him. We need to, we need to rise up. Yeah. And protect him <laughs> yes. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not here for him anymore. Exactly. Like, that that's a yeah. despicable thing. That's not relatable and very uncool. Yeah. Um, he says that ending scene. Wow. Hopefully you guys can explain in layman's terms what Patty meant. I didn't understand too, Justin Thoreau. Finally, I've attached a theme song for the emails and I hope you'll like this one too. Looking forward to finishing the season with you babies. Love. I think Max. we did a good job dissecting that somewhere in this podcast. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it, it just, yeah. And Brett was talking about even his own connections to, growing up in a religious household as I, as I myself have and had 
<laughs> and hold. But uh, but yeah, I think I think we did kind of go into a lot of detail with that. But um, what about that like weird passage that Patty was saying about kicking the clay and shit? What the hell was that? I watched it oh, yeah. twice. What'd so you get I watched out of that? it. I felt like I didn't get it. I ran back, watched it again. I I don't totally understand beyond kind of what I've said. It's, I felt like the overall takeaway of the GR is this idea of this is important. And we need to protect ourselves from from what the actual meaning, which we don't understand at this point, is. So we, I think they're saying like we don't understand what happened, but we don't want to forget it because we don't want to be held accountable for the fact that we forgot it when whatever it was comes to fruition. And mm-hmm. to that, and I think that she was trying to speak in some regard to that. And you know, like I said earlier, like I feel the kind of the opposite that life is a gift, and we have to appreciate what we have and yeah. you know meditating on what's next distracts from appreciating what we have well guess yeah. what and meditating on what sucks also distracts too the yeah. um the leftovers wiki actually <gasps> summarizes a lot of what patty was saying well that's better goes into some detail here if you'd like to hear it let's have it um it says if it, if it um if it isn't what i just said then i don't want to hear it then we'll just cut it out Uh, Patty summarizes the GR's mission statement, which is accurate to the organization's goals as stated at various points throughout the book. To strip away the false comforts of friendship and love, to await the final days without distractions or illusions. She quotes the guilty remnant mantras, we are living reminders, and it won't be long now, from, from the book. Oh, this is stuff from the book. Do you guys want to hear this stuff? The idea of it won't be long now, they do not emphasize enough in the Guilty Remnant in the show. Yeah, Yeah. and also, like, their mission of saying, like, if we are murdered, we are remembered, and... And not forgotten, like, the people that just disappeared. I think it's stupid. Yeah, and people are trying to put this behind them, and I do think that, from a show perspective, it's really interesting because I do feel like that's what society would totally. do. I feel like a lot of people in a box and be like, they're not dead. They could come back. And they've talked about that a lot is like, well, what if they return? Right. And even when she's getting divorced, when Nora's getting divorced, the question of, well, if he returns, you still want this divorce. And I think that's what's interesting about the GR is they're saying like, you know, whether the, the the idea that we're looking at it as a possibility of return is stopping us from being able to properly appreciate that they're gone. Right. Mm, that's true. I hear that. And to that end, I'm like, I get that. But, you know, I don't understand the smoking. <laughs> It says uh, in in this passage, it says in the book, the guilty remnant holds the Christian eschatological eschatological belief that the rapture is followed by seven years of tribulation and they are waiting for the final judgment to occur at the end of that seven years. Confusingly, they ignore many other aspects of Christianity, such as the figure of Jesus. The revelation that the guilty remnant orchestrated Gladys's willing martyrdom is taken from the book's major twist. 
that the murdered guilty remnant members, Jason Falzone and oh, and Julian Adams, oh, Mike's dad, <laughs> were actually staged martyrdoms by the guilty remnant with the victims as willing participants. Patty's explanation is the world went back to sleep. It's our duty to wake it up. As of the end of the book, no one outside the guilty remnant has learned this, whereas on the show, Patty tells Kevin. In the show, did two other members go missing that I don't remember? No, I think in the book they're talking about two, but there mm. was just Pat, or Gladys in the in the show. Okay. Man, and she like wasn't really that willing. On loss, but there's so many parallels here to like the righteous indignation of... Wait, don't spoil some shit. No, it's just like the overall. Yeah, I mean, I did spoilers. I okay, guess. wait. I'll take my heads off. Go ahead. No, no, you you can summarize in a way without spoiling stuff, right? No, no, no. It's just it's it's got a lot of the same thematics of like this. We think we're right over everyone else, and we're gonna take it all the way to the end. We're right. Gonna, we're gonna do everything we need to to prove that we're right, and and it's like in the end, there's no one's right, no one's wrong. There is, isn't enough information there. Right. Ooh, um, all right. Well, how about we listen to fucking Max's emails theme, huh? I'm so, I'm, I'm so excited. Let's do it. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen, the premiere of the new emails theme. Here we go. I mean, you put jackpot in there. I think we're done. <laughs> Wait, where's jackpot? Let me find it. Here it is. Bulletproof best job. Jackpot. <laughs> I can get you just jackpot by the end of this show. Jackpot. All right. Jesse Stillwell sends an email. Thank you, Max. That email theme is ridiculous. I can't wait to hear it Hi, every Jesse. episode. Uh, Jesse says this week on a very special leftovers, you guys mentioned that you were starting with low energy and we can't have that. So I thought I would make you a little intro ditty to really get you going and into the spirit of things. It is attached. Don't worry. It's short. What? He made us an intro, like a show theme song or something. Who is this? Jesse Stillwell. Jesse is owl by night. If you've seen him in the streams oh, and stuff, he joins us for the Anthony Carboni streams and. Oh, I'm gonna look right out. Um, let me make sure that Brett is gonna be able to hear this because come on, please. <laughs> Brett's gotta be. I able hate to being hear. left out. I hate you being left out too. Actually, let's just put it right in the fucking. Uh, into the. I'm emailing you just jackpot. Great. Thank you, Brett. So many Jack things. Jackpot. Jack All right, ready? Here's Jesse Stillwell's intro music. I'm ready.
I thought it was going to go into something at the end. What is it? Just a little It's tweet. to get us hyped. He says it's just to, All right. to get us hyped. A little I'm intro in. ditty to get us going and into the spirit of things. All right. Do you All feel right. like you're into the spirit? I mean. Well, goddamn it. Don't, it works. I don't feel like I'm not. Wow, Beto left us an incredibly long email. Oh, man. Beto, you're great, but you need to start. What do you think? Should we read it? It's up to you, my boy. We'll start it, at least. You're our our email ambassador, Steve. Beto, listen. You got to keep them short, my friend. Next one's got to be short. You get it? Hey, Officer Mustard Stain. All right. Damn, I lost the I don't give a fuck, Becca DeGoo. I don't know where it went. Well, I just sent you jackpot. So, well, at least there's a at least there's a light at the end of this tunnel tonight. <laughs> there's a kiss at the end of this rainbow. What are you doing? I'm downloading this fucking thing Brett sent me. <laughs> it's important, Alana. It's important, guys it's and gals. It's important. All it's right. a carton of milk. Jackpot. <laughs> Best clip All right. Of the show. Beto says hello. Fucking season finale is next week. I know. I'm we're prepared. doing it. I'm not prepared for it. Beto says hello, boys and gal and charming guest. Hope you have a guest for that to work. Yep. God, you guys really want guests on this show, huh? So bad. I don't think anybody wants guests. I mean, guests are great, but just this COVID style of recording. I think we just assume we get bored. <laughs> The way that you said my last name with it with the silent U is perfect. Also, Steve pronounces Beto as a Spanish speaker would, and Alana does it as an American would, and both are fine. I've never heard Betronarian, but it works too. <laughs> I know these emails are long, but I loved your reactions from the last one. Made me happy to hear you enjoyed them. Um, <laughs> Steve's like, all right, but yeah definitely shorten him up dude is twin number one seriously peeing with his pants down to the ground like a four-year-old in the death fridge forest what is going on with the prius twins they're just meant to be like really young immature kind of testosterone they're out of control they're they're like the minions of this world (laughs) you guys didn't remember guys like that at your school totally there are plenty of those and they would totally have peed with their pants down you'd be like oh my god how old are you i never hung out with them but oh, I, I befriended them. I saw them. them. They needed friends, so I befriended no, them. No, no, no. I didn't have time for guys like that. Oh, no okay. rowdiness in my life, please. I don't think they're the most rowdy at oh, all. Oh, they're they... rowdy. They're oh, wrestling my. in what's-her-name's room for two hours. Yeah, it's just because they're brothers. They wouldn't be wrestling oh, yeah. in all their Oh, yeah. I had a clip that I deleted. I was like, are you watching these two fuck? <laughs> Jackpot. <laughs> uh... <laughs> please, please. <laughs> nice work, Brett. Um, someone, Matt or Kevin, maybe was talking about how they were building a, or collecting money for the new library in the past episode, right? Guess who we know? Guess we know who burned the last one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> when Kevin has that dream with Bongo Joe Corleone, a lady on the radio says Cairo. After watching the next episode, we know what it means, but it's fun to have that connection from his dreams to his sleepwalking sessions on Does this episode. Does she say Cairo or Cairo? That's a good That's question. Right. I think she says Cairo. That sounds familiar. That dog in the mailbox had big Pennywise energy. <laughs> Jackpot. 
Uh, I guess we're supposed to think that the bite marks on Kevin's hand are from that serious black dog. But <gasps> That's they, what I said, serious black! But they definitely look human to me. That's what I said. Oh, fuck, is it... What's her name, Jill? Kevin Sr. hates... No, Jill's the daughter. Amy. It's Amy. Kevin Sr. hates libraries, man. Kevin Sr. looks great with no sleeves, am I right? Hot cop runs in the family. <laughs> Can I be honest, for a moment, when he walked into the library and all the books were everywhere, I was like, I felt really bad for that library. Me too, and all the people silently like, picking up all the books. Yeah. <laughs> Libraries aren't exi- aren't going to exist that much longer, and that oh, really made me sad. You know what I noticed, too, that I wanted to talk a little bit about was how um, Matt, now that he's come into money and is keeping it kind of a secret has built his own little guilty remnant in a way and and where they're yeah, all like Yeah, there's always people at his house. Yeah, making and the signs, right. making the signs. Just about, like it um, kind of looks like the guilty remnant house when you're when people are just like making shit and walking around silently and when Kevin came in to uh to find out where his dad might be thinking that Matt might know uh when he busts into matt's house there's like basically like seven parishioners in there yeah. all silently and he doing in the same shit. way he busts into the guilty remnant right and it really does mirror the guilty remnant and it's interesting how the guilty remnant or at least Liv tyler's character seems to be uh megan is her name i think meg meg uh, se- seems to be affecting her the way that the guilty remnant affected him um Ooh, and and other and you know other people in the town in a way but the fact that he's like putting up posters and shit seemed to really piss off the guilty remnant because they were ripping the posters off the walls and stuff and now that yeah Matt, for sure uh, and when when lives came to say i'm sorry right. even nora was there right yeah as I, if she's like contributing and Nora's like comeback line or last line for Lori was such. I mean, a it was like a slap. <laughs> it was face. a bitch slap. <laughs> it was a pretty aggressive. Like, you got a note for your daughter. <laughs> the subtext yeah. was dense. Yeah, yeah. And when Liv Tyler gave her the 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 note, it's like she's fucking your husband, ex. Yeah. She's like, so. I feel like that was so silly of Liv Tyler. Like, come on, you know she's over that she's shit. still she's still new to this though Liv tyler i feel like yeah. is acting i feel like it's the most honest portrayal of a character in a television show yeah to be to be quite hyperbolic it but truly it is, like, is yeah it's like she's like i'm in on this and i want to be here with you guys and i want to be part of this but she's still struggling to detach yeah and in, she's a, in testing... an appropriate way, in a way that's like relatable. That's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I think she's... she's like, hey, isn't this a fucking problem for you? And it's like, right. no, it isn't. Right. I think that's educating her. Right. She's testing her. Her. She's testing Lori's faith. If I can be frank, I'm kind of with Lori that it's weak of her. I feel like an asshole saying it's, it's, that. Well, maybe it was my to... upbringing, but what she said was weak was attacking. Uh, yeah Matt. attacking and attachments like she's saying all that is weakness like not that i would yeah. agree with living your life that way but the way that she's like oh don't you care that this drama baby like no shut up dude like i'm in the fucking yeah. guilty remnant obviously well, i don't care yeah later in that episode we learned that like emotion is something they take out of yeah. the equation right that's not part of it and emotion weak. emotional response is weak is viewed yeah. as weak um, email continues by saying Matt gets $160,000 and all he does is gets a bigger printer to print bigger posters. <laughs> yeah. They even got the same blue shirt for the other pregnant Asian lady as Christine. 
And now yeah, that, that I think was, about it, that was amazing. Tom from Kaboom and the other Tom have very similar clothes. Yeah, he was grooming. Except for one them. has an accent. I think he. I think the idea is Holy Wayne was grooming these these men and these women. Yeah, he was picking like archetype people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I need a big Holy Wayne episode or stop cutting to it. Me too. <laughs> Magic fucking hugs. I'm so with you on like, that. I get it. I'm there. I just I just don't know what it has. I, I'm trying so so hard to to follow like the main story, and every time they cut away to Holy Wayne, I'm like, oh yeah, this is a thing. Well, it's it's, it seems like Tom is also pretty sick of it to the point where he destroyed yeah. the phone and is like, fuck this Holy Wayne shit. Did HBO send you a destroyed phone after that? <laughs> no, but I did stop getting calls after that. Okay, fair enough. Um, he took away all my pain, and now I will proceed to do more cocaine because my life is perfect. Yeah, exactly. We find out next episode about the bet Kevin and Bongo Joe had with the dog. Before watching that, I was thinking that maybe Kevin wanted to rehabilitate the dog in order to prove that Kevin himself could rehabilitate from his craziness. This way, I love that it was a bet. I, my question is, has he lost the bet? Yeah, he said he lost it. Jill cut the dog loose. He well, the guy said he already lost. No, it the and guy he wants didn't his say dollar. that. The guy said, if you lose it, I will expect. I want that dollar, aka, it's not just a dollar to me. I want the payment. Oh, if you right, lose it. right. It's, it it's an acknowledgement of loss. Yeah, yeah, he's lost the bet for sure. Now. I really thought I Jill know. was going to invite the dog inside, like the de- grandpa, grampy baby, baby, baby. No, when she cut the dog loose and looked at it for a second and it chilled, I thought she was going to bring it like into the house and then Kevin was going to come home and find the dog inside as if it had been domesticated, as if he had won mm. that oh. argument after, you know, having to watch what's her name from the GR killer self. Um, Beto goes on to say, this way is doubly shitty that next episode, Jill sets the dog free and goes to the GR, leaving Kevin extra alone and with no mm-hmm. hope of getting better. And also, his dad was just like, throw away those fucking pills, man. You're going to fucking lose your mind or whatever. Which and he it, did. It, which it seems to Jill directly left. connect to what his... And what his Jill's friend, who he might may or may not have fucked, left. Right. So that is correct. Like, he's going to come home and there's going to be fucking no one as Yeah. But, for Nora. but the point I was trying to connect was is that him throwing away all the medication connects connects almost perfectly with this like weird sleepwalk version of Kevin that's like going off and like beating the fuck out of guilty remnants and shit. And it seems like maybe him being off of his pills is a direct result of that. It's interesting how much they don't acknowledge that. You don't think that. he was doing that beforehand though? Well, the guy did say the last time I saw you was a few weeks ago or whatever. So there might yeah. be a correlation with alcoholism because he says we went to the bar and started drinking. But I really do think maybe the medication has something to do with it. But who knows? Well, I, feel like, I feel like we're going to learn so much in the next two episodes. For sure. Yeah. I feel like we're not. I feel like my emotional memory is that they're just going to string us the fuck along and not tell us shit. I'm I'm already pissed for the next okay. two, but I'm hoping to be wrong. But I no, it's good. It's good dynamics for this show. You be con, I'll be pro. <laughs> cool. I was gonna say though, it bothered me that he did. If he's so opposed to everything his dad says because he doesn't want to be become like his dad, the craziness. When his dad tells him to get rid of the meds, I'm like, wouldn't he just do the exact opposite well, and but be he... like, great, I'm sticking to him because if you would get rid of him, I don't want to become you. Well, yeah, but his dad said when when you stop taking my advice, you like. What did he say about it? He said, uh, 
you used to make good decisions when you took my advice or something. Like it, it really like stuck with him when he mm. said that to him in the car, I think. So I think it's less about, I think he doesn't want to become like his dad in the sense that he doesn't want to become crazy. Yeah. But I think that he still, for some reason, maybe values his advice or something like, you know, to some degree. Yeah. He's like, you used to take, yeah, you're right. You used to take my advice. Right. Sure. And he's like, stop. Right. He runs through the guilty. Right, right, right. And then he runs away. Yeah. Um, okay, so Beto still goes on about the next episode. He says, sound alert, am I still a fat, heartless cunt? We definitely Got have it. that one, but I don't remember which one it is. I named it something that was a little more PC. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I'll which you, one it I'll is. tell you what it's called okay. in a second. <laughs> uh, <Just> try- <laughs> friendly, friendly. What's it? Friendly. Friendly? It's called friendly. Oh. Gosh, you're so friendly now. Tell me, am I still a fat, heartless cunt? Jackpot. He says, you would think the first thing a priest would do getting home after having the shit beat out of him is washing out the blood on his face, right? I don't know. Maybe it's the quarantine hygiene talking. I think it was scabs. I think it was scabs. No, he definitely had, like, I thought that too. Really? I was like, oh, that's fresh from getting this. Oh, it looked like scabs kicked out of him. Um, he says, but he's also the kind of person that's like, I'm going to bask in this pain and right right i could watch a whole season of nora being sassy to Lori. i noticed something sweet matt's vegetable wife can't move i know that's insensitive but it's a great name so it's either so it's either up to matt or the caretaker lady to do her hair and it's pretty much the same hairstyle that nora has at least in this episode Uh -uh. so maybe it's even nora that goes and does it i think I like to think that even if Matt and Nora are not very close, she still goes and helps when she can. I like that. Yeah, my that. takeaway I here was like, cute. they're brother and sister. They're going to fight. Yeah. But they're still brother and sister. Right. Like and if, if his, you have a sibling, her... it's like, yeah, you're going to fight, but everything's everything's going to ultimately be okay. Right. And mm-hmm. if you found out your brother got the shit beat out of him, you'd go you're over You're going to come over. Yeah, you're going to go and over if you, and be if there. If your uh, brother's wife was in a car accident, you're going to take care of. 100% your sister-in-law as best you can. Like, 100%. Agreed. Yeah. Um, sound alert. So I fucked the shit out of him on top of a pile of guns. Oh, I thought that too. I ignored but it. But then it was like two feelings. I don't understand the scene with the white shirts. When the guy at the dry cleaners found them, they were not just any white shirts. They had the police patches on them too. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. I don't think. They, I was going to ask. I don't think they did. They didn't. I think, they, I think that they, this proved that um, he just took. He took those fucking shirts out yeah, there. Yeah, totally. random ones. And that the shirts the dry cleaner gave him were just somebody else's shirts. Right. Yeah. And he would. He felt like he was gonna just need to explain that to someone else. Yeah. Um. So, like, did he take another police officer's shirt, exactly eight and all, in the same size? No, he took a stranger's shirt. When Bongo also, Joe. Also, circle back to that. Well, the one thing about the show is. They'll set something up in an episode and not cover it in the next Yeah, episode. which is, which is part different of, from Lost. Part of my struggle. The, well, this has 10 episodes. Lost at 24 per season. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest difference in storytelling. When Bongo Joe Corleone is leaving the cabin after Kevin saves Patty, she is wheezing loudly and Bongo Joe says, oh, shut the fuck up. I tried. 
From the framing, word choice, and tone, as well as how crazy this character is, it seemed to me that he was not talking to Patty. Maybe he's also one of the chosen, like Kevin Sr., and he was talking to the voices. That's what Steve That's what said in the middle of the episode. Oh, that's a good take. And I hadn't even thought of that. It was fantastic. That's I what I thought, because it Very didn't really cool seem take. like he was talking to Patty. That's Very a good take. Cool take. Really good take. Um, let's see. Liv Tyler smiles after Lori slaps her because she's used to violence, which in her own words is weak. Oh, because she used violence, which in her own words is weak. Hmm. That's interesting. The MD on the GR folder is for Memorial Day, which after everything we heard in this episode, it must be like their fucking New Year's. Called it, Amy lived with the Garbies, and it was a sad scene when she left. Garbies. I agree with Alana that she's been annoying, but I think she was much better in these two episodes. I think it was, she lived with them so she could leave. Man. So that he could be all alone. COVID is 1,000% the real clusterfuck of the modern era. Kevin is fighting so hard to not be crazy, he chooses not killing Patty, which means going to jail and losing his daughter. Yes, he does it because it's not okay to kill people. But also, as we as we saw last episode, his dad went crazy and hurt people, so he doesn't want to do the same. I can't wait for the next two episodes. This show is so interesting and different from any other show. You guys keep calling it depressing, and I guess I understand why, but I'm enjoying it so much that I don't think about that at all. Keep safe and clean, BBs. Don Beto. I'm not Italian, though. Don is Spain. Don in Spain is the same as Mr. Yeah, that's what we were talking about. Not depressing, Don. (laughs) Um, Because we had just seen The Mask of Zorro, and in The Mask of Zorro... All the like wealthy men sit in rooms. Why are you guys like, watching the Mask of Zorro? It was Come for on. our live stream. Hello, pages for our social. You follow with the Legend of Zorro. It's only if it's on Netflix, guys. But another, anyway, another in it, email... they all say Don to each other. They're like Don this, Don this, and that's why it was a funny joke for us last. Um, Alex week. F sends an email saying, dropping some novel knowledge. Sorry for double dipping on emails this week, but had a quick answer to a question discussed in the last episode of the show. Season 3, Episode 3, Covering Leftovers, Season 1, Episodes 5 and 6. Y'all were discussing why Amy, a.k.a. Gerber Baby, lives with Kevin and Jill. All three of you made very good points as to possibly why, especially Steve talking about his mom adopting his friends into her home. As someone who had a shitty home life, my friends' normal happy homes and their genuinely kind parents meant a lot to me as a youth, so I can totally relate. Anyway, in the book, it explains that Amy lives with the Garveys because her mom either left or departed, can't recall, and her stepdad is a creep and makes her uncomfortable. The book strongly implies she is afraid he is going to sexually abuse her, and Jill uses this as a way to get her dad on board since he has a little bit of a savior complex. I'm not one of those people who harps on the books over TV and movies. I just wanted to drop a little knowledge on you from someone who read the book long before the show. Also, in this case, the book is very different than the show, and I'm pretty sure I read somewhere Lindelof and Parada did that intentionally. Lindelof seems to be a fan of telling stories inside an already established world rather than retell the same story in a different format, which I really appreciate. Overall, I'm loving the podcast like always, even though I'm not watching the show along with you. All of you make my stay-at-home dad duties more enjoyable. Oh, yay. 
That's a great email. Alex Sinicropi says, really loving the leftovers. Hey, gang, I thought the idea sounded weird at first, but I have to admit, this is amazing. I made a whole tray of lasagna a couple nights ago, and it's even better the next day. I was just going to throw throw it right in the goddamn can. Thanks for saving my sorry ass. Hashtag Bram, hashtag Starm, hashtag Alarm, hashtag Draven Linbell Hop. Sent from a smiley track phone, Alex. P.S. Daniel Echo Spider sends an email saying, Who pees with their pants down? Good day. Hi, Daniel. First and I foremost. I Daniel's podcast to promote Creeper, and it was awesome. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It was really great. It'll come out eventually. First and foremost, happy belated birthday, Alana. So these oh, voices are driving me insane. Are the voices guiding Kevin now? By the way, I watched the Memorial Day episode on actual Memorial Day. I do have a new theory. The guilty remnant are being funded by Big Sharpie. The more people that don't talk, the more people that, that don't, don't talk, talk, more people need Sharpies to communicate. It's all there. Clip. Nobody this keeps is all a gun corporate in agenda. The CRISPR. Did you guys think the twins were going to shoot themselves once they found the vest? No. When was the last time you beat up a tree? Is Jack, I mean, Kevin a good man? I don't know. The guilty remnant took the pictures to buy replicant dolls of people all over town, right? That's pretty fucked up. Stay cool, <gasps> Daniel. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I didn't get that. Did you guys get oh, that? Really? I, th I was wondering, I'm like, are they going to open up the church as like a museum for your loved ones? <gasps> oh, that'd be really but sweet. You get they took the pictures so they could buy all the the people. I thought they were just random people bodies. I didn't know they were going to be actual loved ones from that town. Hmm. You get it? You get? Yeah, I get. I didn't think that. I get. You get? Well done. I get. Um, Daniel yeah, says. Why I was like, oh, OK, yeah. But still, I would I would like murder someone if they came to my home and took pictures. Yeah. Not because um, not murder. I feel like that's aggressive, but probably accurate. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my God. in that in this world, I feel like all bets are off. Oh yeah, bye bye. In a world where two percent of the population goes away, it's like don't come in my house and take my pictures. Uh -uh. Don't do that. If I see you standing outside my house, I'm gonna be really upset. Yes, that's that's grounds GR. for getting the Just shit kicked out. Lead to the you. GR right now. Yes. All right. Um, clear. Adam Chambers sent a way too long email. Uh, Joseph O'Malley <laughs> also sends a way too long email. Oh, what the geez. fuck, you guys? Very long. Come on. I told you by reading the long email. Blen Slavinsky, sorry. Long email begat long email. These are email. too many. Listen, I'm just skipping. Look at this. That's, I mean, this one's okay. That's not that long. All right, Zachary Wells. I know you guys got a lot to say and you're bored at home, but Jesus Christ. I got a voice that I got to keep for fucking nine other podcasts. <laughs> Zachary Wells says, big baby born boy never watched. He says, hey, glad you're all back at it and very happy to have Alana on the show. No H, you son of a bitch. Pr uh, Brett, yes. <laughs> Owen, no show. After not watching Lost, nor that shitty sounding Stephen King show or any of the movies that followed or Watchmen, I'm strapped in for another wild ride of not understanding anything. <laughs> Speaking of not understanding things, I'm having a bit of an issue when it comes to the podcast audio. I'm probably totally alone on this, but I'm having a difficult time discerning between Brett and Alana's voices. No H. 
Maybe if Alana, no H, could dye Brett's hair pink when he speaks, and Brett could ask Alana, no H, about a shitty movie no one's heard of when he, she speaks, I might understand, be able to tell the difference. Love you all, Zach. Hashtag, I, me, uncle. Uh, first of all, it's Breath and Anne. Jeez. And I can't believe and these comments. I know, Breath. Can you come dye my hair, please? Aaron White sure. sends an email saying, let's jump right in. Episode seven clip. What the hell happened to my cabin tree? Cabin? Cabinet tree? After seeing Tom find another one of Holy Wayne's disciples, do we have solid evidence that Wayne is just some psychotic man that's obsessed with Asian women and believes he's some sort of God? Or does he still have some sort of supernatural power on top of all of that? I mean, it's truly unfolding in a way where it's starting to lead more towards he might be just an insane person, especially since if he's been grooming all of these people about this or that and both of these women saying something about the bridge and shit like that, it must be something he was just like brainwashing them about. But who knows? I think the show wants well, to Also, it's like it. how many pregnant women does he have out there to call Tom and be like, how much money do you have left? We could take half that money and give it to this other person who has spent all their money. Unless On he's drugs. like distributing it like with all of his network of people or whatever. And like, yeah, I think sure. he probably is. I think he probably initially went to all of them and gave them about the same amount. But obviously that guy we just saw spent it on drugs and was out of money. Right. So he needed more because Tom right was there. Like, barely that's, spending it. That's yeah, obvious. that's kind of what I thought was. I was like, oh, he spent all his money. Yeah, Aaron of course. Says... And I th but I think it's not that weird. Like, I think it could also still make sense that he just says, yeah, I don't know which child it's going to be, but I know it's going to be one of these kids. And so there are 10 of them and who knows or something like that. Like, or I maybe they all are. Yeah, sure. Or maybe it's like Indigo Children and they're all going to do Holy something Wayne's, together. Maybe uh, C.U.M. Uh, <laughs> is put into an, an, a person... Creates a baby that, yeah, that's what it is. Then uh, they also have Jackpot. the hugging power, and they gotta hug this fucking thing out of everybody. Who knows? Maybe <laughs> he hugs the cum out of him. He's gotta hug the cum out, or he's um, just wrong and lying and manipulative. Apparently, there's a YouTube video released on October 14th, 2012, titled "I've Been Buked," and it is a video of ballet dancers dancing to the song that plays at the beginning of this episode. Coincidence? Clip. Tell me, am I still fat, heartless cunt? Do you think Kevin Got went it. out to Cairo at some point off screen and nailed his white shirts in those trees in the woods? Yes. Yeah. Take a sip. Yummy delish. Maybe one of you noticed this when Kevin is cutting Patty loose from her chair. There's a quick moment where Patty breaks the fourth wall and stares directly at the camera oh. before cutting away to another shot. I wonder Does if it she? was intentional. I didn't notice that. Also, holy shit, Dean hears voices. That's all. Love you, BBs. Can't wait for episode three of ep episode five of the first time show covering season one, episodes nine and ten of The Leftovers. Hashtag WTF, Jill. Hashtag I say fuck too. Hashtag bandana Brett. Yeah, I say fuck too. You haven't been playing that one at all. Yeah, I did. I say fuck too. Didn't I do it earlier? No, nee, nee, nee. Giovanni Cannoli has a long email, <laughs> but it's not that long. So, but this is longer than I'd like. It's three paragraphs. It's like three and a half paragraphs, and that's longer than we like. 
Giovanni says, what's up, you fucking cunts? Thought I'd try to come up with an all new all-inclusive inside joke method of addressing you guys instead of everyone calling you BB boys and Alana. I'll take any <laughs> notes you guys have, and I'm open to criticism. Be yourself. Also, I don't think you guys are actually fucking cunts. I'm just referencing the clip. It's Brad from Not Sweden again, back with a shorter email this week. Mm. Did you guys catch the metaphor in episode eight when Jill was looking for the gun in Nora's house and pulled it out of the trouble board game box that the gun was being hid in? It was actually a metaphor for how much trouble Jill is going to be in when Officer Mustard Stain gets home. Yeah. <laughs> also, All it's, right. it's getting get it. nicely encompassing of the whole yeah. ordeal. Also, it's getting harder every episode for me to tell if Bongo Joe is a real person or some repressed part of Officer Mustard Stain's psyche that's manifesting through an imaginary person. Maybe that's what Mustard Stain Sr. was trying to get to Mustard Stain Jr. to understand the reading the National Geographic magazine. Maybe there was some kind of article in there titled something like Bongo Joe's Top 10 Ways to Shoot a Dog. <laughs> I wouldn't know, though. I've never read National Geographic. Okay, that's it. Much love, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Thank you. Wow, Jesus. Too long, Spencer. Uh, <laughs> Nancy, Jesus, way too long. And wow. let's see, Nathan. Ugh. Yeah, Nathan can go. That's not that bad. Nathan, first time writing in, non-show watcher. Hey, guys, first time writing in. I've listened since the beginning of the podcast, but I've never seen Lost Leftovers or most of the things discussed here. I just wanted to share my thoughts on what's happening in the show from the perspective of someone who had never heard of leftovers beside the new, the few remarks here. This is great. This is what I was asking people to do. Yeah. And no one has done it yet. Well, <laughs> it could be in some of those it. long emails. Well, everyone's just saying like, I'm also not watching the show anyway. Love you guys. It's like, <laughs> no, let, what do you think is happening? He's, he's trying to figure it. He's trying to piece it together. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm looking for. So thank you. Uh, who Nathan. is it? Nathan. 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 He said, Nathan. apparently in an episode last week, an old lady got stoned. I don't know why someone like Steve was surprised by an old lady getting high. <laughs> Steve partakes in the devil's lettuce, and getting high makes sense for a show about cold pizza and half a tin of lasagna. By the way, I prefer cold pizza over hot. Don't at me. I like it sometimes, too. Love the show. P.S. I love seeing you, Steve, with Trisha and Maude. On Power Up, please do more things with them whenever you get the chance. Thank you, Nathan. That was great. Funny email, short email. All right, this one's just on the cusp of being, being too long, but it's also the last one, so I'm okay with it. <laughs> Allie Dor says... World... What's that? Thanks, Trisha and Maude. <laughs> Yay. Uh, Allie Dor says, World Building, Black Jesus, and Dorfman. Hi, Stead and the gang. Thank you so much for doing this show and everything else for us fans. I'm sure you guys caught it, but I loved the big ad you can see when Tom is waiting to see who collects the money, which says, lost money since 1014, need help filing a claim, let our team of attorneys help. Just another example of the show's world building. Picture below. They put I a saw that too. I didn't notice that. If Owen No Empathy were on the show, I'm sure he'd appreciate the way the show didn't fuck around with a nasty screaming birthing scene when Black Jesus was brought into the miserable universe that this show takes place in. That's true. Remember Owen was so annoyed yeah. by screaming birth scenes? Oh, yeah. Wow. I'll never forget. <laughs> what a specific... <laughs> 
Also, I hope Amy has a good time at Dorfman's house, seeing as they were apparently nice enough to let her go stay with them. Hope Dorfman is ready for her to fuck her dad, because I guess that's what she does. Really? Dorfman? Also, soon as I'm going to record a theme song for you guys, since slash no good usernames left was awesome enough to find the old Google Drive link with the clips for me. Oh, yeah. Remember we gave people a Google Drive link with all the lost yeah. clips? Nice. That's all, gang. Hope this wasn't too long. Much love. Ali. Hashtag Brett's watch. Hashtag Boar took your tarp. Hashtag Alana. Yes. Oh, thank you. Throwback. I like the idea of rewatching Lost and just using the same clips we already pulled. <laughs> I, honestly, I wouldn't want to do new ones. That's way too much work. Why not? We'll Fuck just it. use the ones we had from before. We'll be like, what are what were the clips we got? Here they are. Fingernail clippings. All right. Well, listen, guys, thanks for listening. This was great. Leftovers is great. The next episode is the season finale of season one of The Leftovers. No, the, the next two episodes. Well, the next episode of this show. Oh, yes, 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 is we're going to be going through the finale of uh, of the penultimate episode and the finale of, of the penultimate season one, and then we'll move promptly into season two, and then finally on to season three, and then we'll be done with this thing. But it's so exciting! I had a great time with you guys. Did you like the episodes? Did you like the emails? Yes, yes, but they better start giving us some damned answers. Although the Wikipedia is doing a good job of that. Brett, you feeling good? You feel like we're going to get some answers in these next two episodes? I think we're only going to get questions. <laughs> and no answers at all? That's goddamn right. Oh. All right. Well, listen, for those of you that have been listening oh, to the God. show, we really appreciate oh, the you. dog. Get that dog out of here. Someone is someone Can we cut him loose? Someone feed the dog. Jackpot. So, guys, thank you for listening to the show. We'll catch you next time. Please go to YouTube.com slash TheValleyCast if you want to see the video version of this podcast. You can watch Alana freeze for a few minutes and then be gone and come right back in. It's kind of cool. Thrilling. Uh, it's thrilling. thrilling. <laughs> yes. Brett's wearing a cool hoodie. Makes him look like a Muppet. And we're all wearing headbands, and that's really cute. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on The First Time Show. Bye. Jack. Bye. Bye. <laughs>